And now the moment we've all been waiting for. I am Nate Riggle, and you are listening to The Way of the Bonfire. All right, let's get cracking here. Guess who's back in the building, baby? Actually, in all honesty, um, I realize it's been a couple of months. I, I did a f- 10 episodes after launch, and then I've been, I went dark. Uh, and, you know, maybe you're asking if you, if you were trying to listen or subscribe, maybe the thought is, what's the explanation here? Well, sometimes you have good reasons, and sometimes you have not so good reasons. And usually it's a little bit of everything. The way of the bonfire is about being on a journey providing light and warmth and a place of goodness to others along the way. And sometimes it's about taking our dwindling embers and bringing them together so we can be stronger than we were if we stayed isolated as a kind of a dying ember of our own. I think we walk that path too often and try to um, just think, I got got this. I'm one ember, but I can turn myself into this blazing bonfire on my own. It seems crazy to when I put it in an analogy form like that, but we do it all the time. Um, and sometimes life sends rain and storms, and that makes it tough to be on the journey or to be a bonfire. And that's when we have to weather the storm, huddle up, tell jokes, laugh at the chaos, and bring the coals together. I'll give you some context, not to put the focus on me, but more just to keep this message relevant. You see, I got to this point where... I had been charging through life like a determined rhino. In fact, I read a book called Rhinoceros Success that changed my life in my early 20s. Um, And it was all about just putting my head down and just going for it despite the risks and obstacles that lay in front of me. As soon as one thing got in my way, I would attack and attack and attack until that wall was broken into rubble. And then on to the next one, continuously. I still think it's a great way to live, actually. In my opinion, there's three ways of living, and that's one of them. You can charge ahead and say, obstacles be damned. You can be comfortable and wait for something to hopefully happen, which is a complete crapshoot. You can plan and calculate. So number three would be you can plan and calculate and analyze until you've eliminated all risk, almost to a fault. And waiting for good things to happen or not get everything you want um, is not a fun thing, right? Or, or to get fed in some way, just hoping that it's gonna somebody's going to take care of you or things are going to work out, is, is a boring life and has narrow perspectives and um, it's just not, not my style. Uh, it's never served me <laughs> doing that. Um, being super calculated and planned out before you can act on anything makes you miss the opportunities that sit right in front of you. Not that planning and calculating and thinking about things is wrong or that you shouldn't mix some of that with charging, but I think I went too far on just put your head down and charge. Um, and what I did not realize when I clo- I chose the Rhino life is that if you always have your head down, charging, sometimes you forget to look around or up at the road in front of you. 
And sometimes charging through obstacles causes wounds that need to be looked at and tended to before you keep charging. And I'd never, I spent a lot of time just going forward and saying, you know, stay hard like David Goggins, right? Just keep pushing forward and don't stop and, and do a little maintenance with the pit crew on the way. And I let this go on for too long. And eventually my flame got pretty low and I didn't feel the rhino strength or the heat of the bonfire anymore. I kept trying to push through at work, act like nothing was wrong. I kept trying to be perfect for everyone. It was focused on the needs of my wife and kids, my church, my employer, my friends, my extended family, my in-laws, my finances, my house, my yard, my cars. And there's probably several others. Uh, it just keeps building. I didn't realize that meanwhile, the bonfire that I had built of myself, and that honestly was a byproduct of just charging forward, had gotten to this point where it was burning out, which seems counter counterintuitive. But I kept saying to myself, as soon as I get that promotion, or as soon as I take care of this thing for my kids, or as soon as I hit my quarterly number, or as soon as I help my wife build her own bonfire back up, then I will have a minute to come back and tend my own. The problem is I may have been able to pull it off. And I think we all think that, but... I wasn't counting on the rain and storms, the unexpected rain and storms of life. And when your bonfire is going down and you have it at this critical point and you keep trying to push through, when those rain and storms come, it's <laughs> the harder you push, the worse, the worse it is um, mentally and physically. A couple examples of what those are. I know I've been using a lot of analogies. Um, but what those represent for me is the death of my father, my older brother getting terminal cancer, a death of a close friend, random illnesses in my household that I couldn't have predicted, a big reorg at work again, <laughs> uh, another death of an even closer lifelong friend. People in my neighborhood having their own tragedies and needing help. My wife feeling sidelined as a priority to me because of my hyper-focus on, on success and work. And other just random emergencies, whether they're ser super serious emergencies or not, there's so many things that can happen in the course of a day. And a whole lot of distractions can come up usually in the form of some idea someone else has built that they are convinced I should be all in on. And recently I realized that if I didn't stop and look up and around and get my bearings and tend to the fire, it was about to fizzle out. So I did. I took a leave of absence at work and sat down to take inventory. Over the years, all these storms and charging forward without keeping my Fire burning had left me with a mental state of burnout, if you want to call it that. It's not like you're just a little tired or you need a little more sleep or you need to remanage your time. But what it feels like is full on mental dysfunction. Now, granted, I do, you know, I've been diagnosed with, with things 
like half the world has lately um that are kind of predisposed to things like ADHD and and um depression and those kinds of things I don't let it define me but I think that the way that I was running through life just made it more likely for this sort of a breakdown to happen um this this dysfunction I couldn't charge forward I couldn't even think it sounds made up and it sounds like I'm being dramatic but I'm not that type of guy like yeah, I like to get excited and pumped up about certain things, but I, I'm not playing the victim here. It, something literally just quit working. Making dis- simple decisions felt like the prospect of climbing K2 or Mount Everest or something without any training. <laughs> and this isn't about mental toughness. It's about not keeping perspective and tending to your wounds along the way. Every time you say, I'll take care of myself later, it weakens the animal that you are. And if you keep compromising, you will eventually be forced to stop by your mind and your body. I tested it. It happened. Once in my 30s, and then again in worse fashion as I just rounded 40. What they don't tell you in your 20s when you're invincible and breathing fire like it will last forever is that as you expand and grow and perform, there is a crucial maintenance factor. That isn't just a nice idea or what the older folks tell you or what managers or whoever it is tells you, you should do. It's crucial. So whether you heard it from someone or whether you know it's something that needs to happen, it doesn't matter. The engine is going to seize up. If you redline your edge everywhere, you can get away with that for a while. And you might even like feeling like a superhuman. Like, I got this covered. Don't worry, family. Don't worry, wife and kids. Don't worry, people. I got you. But eventually, you will have to tow something in the form of increased responsibilities for the lives and livelihood of others. And you can't keep redlining that engine without an upgrade and maintenance. The transmission will slowly start to have unseen collateral damage. I, I've lost an en- two engines in a transmission in my life, so I, I use this because I know how this goes. <laughs> It'll slowly start to have unseen collateral damage. The thing will start to feel like it's shifting wrong, and you'll say, oh, well, I'll just ignore that. And that builds up in the form of metal shavings in your pan that in the under the transmission. In the case of the engine, it'll overheat. And if you're lucky, it will only start burning oil. Don't do what I did and let this go until it seizes up. Maintenance is a better plan. Being ready for the storms and being tuned up for them is better than just saying, push on the gas, let's go for it. Um, even though there's a knock in the engine. It's the, equi- it's the equivalent of hearing a knock in the engine and just turning up the radio so you don't have to deal with the worrying about it. Also something I did as a teenager. It's frustrating and embarrassing when you have your foot on the gas and everything just starts shutting down. You cannot take yourself and your loved ones on a great adventure if the vehicle is seriously broken down. And whether you believe me or not, unless you do something 
about it now and make mental and physical maintenance and mindset check-ins a normal part of your life, it's coming. If you're close to it, pull the car over and take a look under the hood. If you're there, I'm sorry. I'm, it, it feels a lot like dying. But I have good news. It's not over. My old man always used to quote Yogi Berra, uh, the legendary baseball player who said, it's not over till it's over. And then my, my old man used to add in, and then even then it's not really over. I know when everything finally seizes up, your mind and even your body starts to get sick. It feels catastrophic, but there's always a way up and out. I know this not only because I've been through it once myself and now a second time, I'm crawling out of that cave. I'm so excited to share the way out with you. But also I've seen a lot of other folks go through it and, and come out of it when, when it seemed like all was lost for them. And they come out and become this beautiful creature. If you've lost fulfillment, it's usually because your perspective is broken or missing. And the only way to figure out why and how is to stop, look around, and get curious. You need to make what observations you can and then get a second opinion. Hire an expert mechanic. A broken car does not repair itself. We think we can fix it, right? You think, I don't need anybody. I'm just going to stop and... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix this myself. For me, I literally could not rekindle the fire by myself. I turned to God and asked to be pointed in the right direction. I felt more, a lot more like a help me than a <laughs> well-thought-out prayer. My sweet wife, my family, and a legendary therapist who knows the way came to me in my time of need, a thoughtful medical doctor, books, apps, meditation, music, sleep, fishing, scripture. I started calling my friends that I trust the most, my mentors, listening to podcasts. And I was pacing myself the way that I, that I did it. Right. I wasn't like, I got to figure this all out in one day. Um, it's been more of a, I can't, starting with, I can't even think a thought to, all right, what's one thing I can do today to, to get some direction and to start figuring out what's, what needs to be repaired here? Are we replacing the whole engine? Are we, are we doing some tune-ups to our, our mental messes? Um, it doesn't have to be at this frenetic pace that you've you've been running that got, got you in trouble in the first place. But just know that there's all this stuff around you to help you. I joined a mastermind group. I started this podcast. I started getting advice from coaches and, and all different types of people. And, and good old time in nature has been um, incredibly healing. Nature's got something figured out that, that – is, goes beyond any kind of generational thing or, you know, any, anything we've done in the past that 
was it's like modern medicine or anything. It's there's something about being out in nature that allows your mind to become open again. And that was all that stuff was just to get me to a point where I wasn't paralyzed from all the gunk I'd let build up in the mental gears over the last decade. Now, where we go next is a beautiful place. I'm excited to go on this quest and share it with anyone who wants to listen and travel with me. On the next several episodes, I'll be putting some more structure around the themes. But if I have learned anything, it's to keep the fire stoked when the skies are clear so you are ready when the storms come. Go get them. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. I do appreciate it. And I'd love it if you'd subscribe so that you never miss another show. We'll see you on the next episode.